0: So before we get started, please take a minute to like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and Twitter at iShipItPod. You can also visit us on our website, iShipItPod.com, or email any questions or comments directly at iShipItPod, or to to us, to us at iShipItPodGmail.com. And every time I say this, I feel like Alexi Darling from BuzzLine. You can email me at alexi newscom, or you can page me at... But if you are feeling supportive and you want to help us grow, you can donate via PayPal, shop our Amazon affiliate link, or buy us a coffee. And last but certainly not least, please rate and review us on iTunes and tell your friends that you ship it. Pretty please. do ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, phantom seed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't. Hey there, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. What's up, y'all? I just baked some really good looking, great smelling. Asiago bread and We're all pretty excited in this apartment It smells fantastic. It actually smells way too good for me to probably make this a long episode because I need to put some bread in my face
1: I kind of feel like I have those little cartoon fingers re- Just from but they're like cheese colored yes. instead of green or whatever just reaching across
0: <laughs> from the other room into my nostrils. Smells really good. So um, Last week's episode was the doc episode um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. I listened to it recently and remembered that I told the story about turtles not playing with dolls because we recorded that a while ago, so
1: yeah,
0: uh, it was fun too to listen to my friend. And I then I realized I had been a bad friend and I hadn't talked to him since we did that episode. And so I had to get back in touch and be like, hey, it's going to be up this week. Also, hi, be my friend, <laughs> I love you, <laughs> let's talk. But that's the kind of friends that doc and i are we usually average about eh, 27 days to return a text message it's better than me it's true it's true friendship right there thanks doc if you're still listening or if you started listening he's not listened to any of this podcast you don't know that i do know that he told me (laughs) i stand
1: corrected
0: he straight up told me it's like you know what's that thing like long time caller first time listener (laughs) Kind of a thing. That's what was happening last week. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Doc. I will have you back again. Maybe someday we can do an in-person interview because that was super fun. But this week, I'm going to go and I'm going to throwback mood because absolutely no reason whatsoever, except that, oh, you know what? There is a reason because Wizard World Portland is coming up next week. And uh, we're going to go, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to go. And we also have one of our guests, or not guests, one of our fans is going to go as well with her guest. And that's so exciting. So yay, Jocelyn, want to give away from us. We're happy you're going to Wizard World. Woo! Woo! Um, so we're going to go. And the some of the celebrity guests this uh, this year are like, everybody from buffy and angel just i mean they're billing them as buffy but alison hannigan and alexis denisov and james marsters and juliet lando and chris mccarpenter all of the like buffy the vampire slayer adjacent cast so like all the scoobies uh amber whatever her name is benson um nicholas brendan I don't remember Anya's name, but Anya <laughs> and a whole bunch of other people. They're all going to be there. So I started thinking. Is
1: that Amy Acker?
0: No, that's. Is, no, that's. Uh, that's Fred. That's Fred. Is Wait, is Amy Acker going to be there?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Amy Acker. And it fits in.
0: It does, because it does, Fred is from what we're going to talk about this week. Um, but anyway, so I saw all this and I was just like awash with teenage girl feels. Claire Kramer? Um, is that Anya? No. No, that's Glory. Glory. I want to say her name's Emma. Uh, let's see. She may not be there.
1: There's Amber Benson.
0: That's Tara. That's Tara. See,
1: I don't know character names. I know all the characters. <laughs> Even if character things that I like watch now, <laughs> I don't know a single character name.
0: Oh, um, Julie Benz is going to be there too. Yeah. Darla. Yay. Okay. Anyway, I guess Anya's not going to be there because like <laughs> this is
1: some good pod, right <laughs> this here. This is such
0: good pod. Anyway, Jason Momoa is also going to be there, so it's I'm one. hoping, hoping to catch a glimpse, a glimpse across the the con floor like I did with Anthony Mackie and make an instant connection. Uh, I'll tell that story again because it's my favorite. I've already told it, I think, three times on the podcast. <laughs> but you know what? I'm going to tell it again. I was in line waiting to meet Haley Atwell, the greatest cheekbones in the world flawless human being and i glanced over and first stanley tucci was walking past and i was like oh my god it's the tooch and i was super stoked because i just was like breathing the same air as stanley tucci that's wonderful and then behind him also being escorted was the one and only anthony mackie slash sam wilson a great character and man of our time and he glanced over in my direction where i was just staring at him like a lunatic and he, we made eye contact. He nodded his head and went, "What's up, baby?" And I heard him say it. I heard him say it. He said it to me, and I was like, Aah. and then we were in love. And I hate to break it to you, Jer. Well,
1: it's not the first time you've broken it to me.
0: <laughs>
1: I made my peace with it.
0: So, um, so that's a story. I'm hoping to recreate it with Jason Momoa. It won't be as exciting because I'm not a big DC fan, but. I do appreciate a good Jason Momoa. I was
1: going to say, what, abs? (laughs) Pecs?
0: I do appreciate a torso that appears to be carved from marble. (laughs) So, So. anyway, as a wash with teenage girl feels when I looked at the guest list for Wizard World, because... What was one of my favorite things, my all time favorite series growing up was the entire *Weedon* verse Buffy the Vampire Slayer slash Angel the series. Now Buffy, I feel like has a little bit of a bigger fandom, larger reach, wider audience, but because she was first and because, you know, she's Buffy. And we're going to talk about Buffy. Don't worry. We will have a Buffy episode. I decided this today, but I don't want to talk about it because I know Chelsea is also a huge Buffy fan, so I'm going to bring her back to talk about Buffy. So I'll wait on that. Get ready, guys. It'll be great. <laughs> but this week, we're going to talk about my actual favorite part of the verse, which was... David Boreana's spin-off of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel. Now, I keep having to say Angel the series, which is so lame and clunky and weird. Because if you just search for things like Angel fan art, you get the dumbest shit. So much like Guardian Angel nonsense or like Dark Angel anime drawings and... Lots of just not what I wanted. And I really feel like Angel as a series kind of got, you know, shoved to the side and sort of swept under the rug. Not a lot of people talk about it. Not a lot of people were big, big fans of it. I was. And you know how I know that is I randomly will will check in sometimes. It's all on Hulu. Go watch it. I'll check in sometimes and just see if I still remember.
1: (laughs) Or use our Amazon affiliate link in the (laughs) description box.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I carry on. Cheers! <laughs> like, why are you averse to making money?
1: <laughs> it's
0: like you're already gonna do it.
1: I mean, you're gonna go watch it. You know why not?
0: Throw some ched anyway. Um, so I check in sometimes, and I I see you know like, do I still remember every single line to this entire series? As it turns out, friends, yes, yes, I do. Now, is it valuable real estate in my brain (laughs) that I need to know? Arguable? Every single line of dialogue for five fucking seasons of television about a vampire living in Los Angeles? Is it valuable real estate? Is it good space taken up in my brain? I don't know, because I don't know what could go there instead. I don't know what I've chosen to forget so that I can hang on to that memory. So someday
1: it's a known unknown, <laughs> it's a known unknown. Som- or is it an unknown unknown?
0: Someday I'm not going to be able to no, absorb no. a piece of information and it's going to be like, well, it's this or the Buffy. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? I better, I better hold on to these, these TV episodes, <laughs> every single line of dialogue. It may come in handy someday. So we're going to talk about Angel. Now, Angel, you never watched any of. A little bit. A little bit? Yeah. I, I
1: have friends that worked on a lot. I'm so
0: jealous of your life. <laughs> it's,
1: not, it's not that exciting. <laughs> I think it's mostly people getting uh, staked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, there were a lot of, I mean, there were a lot of vampires in these <laughs> series. <laughs> you, and
1: I know a good handful of people who turned to dust <laughs> on those shows.
0: Oh, no! I or just, got orbed. I was going to say... Also orbed. I just thought about Avengers Infinity War. Now I'm sad. <laughs> Turning to dust, Mm -hmm. we'll never be over it. Anyway, um, so Angel was uh, after he left Buffy in the end of season three, I believe. Yes, after she graduated and he took off, he went to LA and he did so much better there. He really, first of all, I love David Boreanaz as an actor and what he got to be on Angel was uh, a lot funnier when he was on Buffy, he was only there to brood. He was just there to be dark and broody and, you know, the the forbidden love between the two of them, blah, 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 blah. We'll get into that on the Buffy episode. But he was just there to be like this kind of black hole of sadness and longing. It was kind of really boring to watch. But then they sent him down the coast to LA and they brought. I so gonna
1: Cord- say, get some sun on his face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> see myself out.
0: There is one episode very early on where uh, he gets. It's a crossover episode actually, and they find the gem of Amara, and he.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say, when you're like, did you watch the show? And I'm like, yeah, a little bit. And I'm like, I don't actually remember how much I'd seen before you, because mm-hmm. now post you, I think I've seen at least every episode once.
0: Probably. So it's, it's a sick day rewatch. Yeah. But there, he gets this ring called the Gem of Amara, and it makes uh, it makes whoever is wearing it invincible. And so he puts it on, and he goes, and he stands outside on the beach. And I think it's Seth Green has a line where he's there, and he's looking at him, and he looks at Cordelia, and he goes, "He's very pale." And she's like, "Well, yeah." He goes, "I mean, like paler than most people, <laughs> because he hasn't been in the sun in two hundred and seventy years." But he goes to L.A. He starts uh, He starts out, you know, uh, still still being a, a broody, grumpy douche who's just, like, randomly patrolling the streets and staking vampires and, like, saving people, but not really saving people. Like, I mean, he's saving them, but then he just, like, <sighs> vanishes off into the distance with his coat flapping attractively in the breeze. And, uh... And he's not, like, having any impact. He's just, like, being, like, a security guard for the streets of L.A. But then he hooks up with the ill-fated Doyle slash Glenn Quinn, R.I.P., who is this demon guy, and he's really, like, quirky. He's got a gambling problem, and he's only half demon, so when he sneezes, he turns into a demon, which is pretty funny. He's got like a gambling problem and a dark, seedy past, and I think they were going to explore a lot more of that. But unfortunately, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but I believe the reason that Glenn Quinn was written off the show was because he was a terrible alcoholic and was not working out with the cast. So they killed him off after 10 episodes. A very fitting tribute to his character, though. I cried super hard when Doyle died. I'm not, re- I'm refusing to say anything about spoilers because for fuck's sake, this has been off the air since 2004.
1: You've <laughs> so had time to see it.
0: You've had time to see it. But like. Well, and
1: you still have the entire journey of how does it get there? Yeah, exactly. It's not like you've ruined everything. I haven't ruined everything. Yet.
0: <laughs> we're, we're early on. <laughs> this is only episode, what, 31? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, oh, 31. That's my favorite number. Hey. Um hey. So. He's there with Doyle, and Doyle's like, dude, you're not getting this right. Like, you're just, you're just, you know, staking vampires and not making eye contact and, like, walking off into the distance. you got to, like, make connections. You have to, and this is where the thing comes in. He has to start saving souls. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Not like he's, like, a reaper who's going around, like, collecting souls and saving he's them. claiming, saving. Yeah. So that becomes Angel's mission in L.A., and he starts, uh, well, he doesn't start, Cordelia, who also is there trying to be an actress. Sidebar, one of the things I love is how bad of a time they make it for Cordelia trying to be an actress. Like,
1: Yeah, she really doesn't get a break, does she? She
0: never gets a break. She has this terrible apartment, and it's so nice because it's such a huge difference from what who she was in Sunnydale. She has a shitty apartment. There's roaches everywhere. Um, the water—I mean, I could just—I I could just do her monologue from *Room with a View*, but I won't. <laughs> Where she talks about her her apartment, but um, it's got like terrible lighting, and the landlord's gross, and the water's all brown and disgusting, and um, so she has a shitty apartment. And the few times they show her on auditions, she's so bad. <laughs> she's such a bad actress. And she has, like, you know, I think three auditions that they they show, and they're always terrible, and she always, like, has a really rough time. And it's very refreshing. But um, <laughs> But so she meets Angel at a party, and... She realizes, like, I don't know what happens. A bunch of stuff goes on, and he, they bump into each other a whole bunch of times, blah, blah, blah. And she decides, like, okay, well, this is Angel. I know him. I'm going to, um, you know, kind of put myself in his life because I can see that he needs me, even if he doesn't know that. And she's very cute. She's like, we're going to start a detective agency. Or not a detective agency. Yeah, we're going to start a detective agency called Angel Investigations. And she draws, uh, she makes business cards for him. And he, she gives them to him. And he's like, this is a, uh, it's a, what is that, a, it's a, a lobster? <laughs> and she's like, what? And then Doyle's like, no, it's a, he's like, is it a butterfly? And she's like, oh my god. And he's like, no, it's a, oh, it's an owl. It's a bird that hunts at night. That's brilliant. And she's like, it's an angel. I drew an angel. So she draws these shitty business cards. They start handing them out. They start getting clients instead of just random people that Angel's helping. She's trying to make them legitimate business. She is such a fun comic relief. Like, she gets to be such a better character on Angel than she was on Buffy, I think. I know I have friends that will disagree with me on this. And they loved Shallow. I hate you guys, Cordelia. But I loved... uh, got the shit kicked out of her for a little bit by life Cordelia who's much more um she's much more levity and she also has a great line much later on where they are uh trying to help this billionaire and afterwards he's like very awkward and weird and afterwards she's talking to somebody I'll get to in a second uh and she's like I think I just need to prostitute myself to billionaire David Nabbit and he's like I'm sorry (laughs) she was like yeah, I mean, he could use companionship. I could use security. I mean, when I say prostitute, I guess I really mean, and her companion's like, prostitute. She's like, yeah, for instance. But she doesn't. She just keeps getting no jobs and working for Angel and and really lightening him up. And especially after Doyle dies, He tries to like send her not away but you know tell her to like go be outside and go take the day off or whatever and she's like don't even try to push me away and be all dark and broody because i know you and i know that's what you want to do but i'm not going to let you because you're all i have and i'm all you have and shut up and we're going to be in this together and they are and they're best friends and then because they need a third person then guess who shows up but dweeb can't get anything right lovable doofus ex-watcher Wesley Wyndham Price played by Alexis Deneshoff who's going to be at Wizard World next weekend in terrible leather pants (laughs) terrible leather pants he's driving a motorcycle and he's got like a crossbow and he tells Cordy "Uh, I'm a rogue demon hunter now she's like wow what's a rogue demon (laughs) And he's shit at that. He's real bad at that because he's kind of bad at everything, except, as it turns out, being a part of the Angel Investigations team and handling all their research and making sure they, you know, know how to face the demons that they fight. So he becomes part of the team, and they just turn into this cute little family. Also, he's the person that Cordelia is talking about talking to when she says she's going to prostitute herself to billionaire David Nabbitt. And they're like this cute little family, and they love each other, and they have like this this little office where, you know, the coffee's made like once every other week, and Cordy does it to save money, and by the second week, she's like, think of it as espresso, <laughs> which is my fave. She, anyway, as you can tell, she was one of my favorite characters. They then move into this better place, and they start acquiring more people, like, Charles Gunn, played by J. August Richards, who then went on to be in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I I think I couldn't get further than like one season of that show. I know he was on one episode and I was super stoked and then he was not on any more episodes. So feel free to tell me if he comes back in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But anyway, J. August Richards is great. He plays Charles Gunn who was doing his own uh, vampire hunting thing on the streets of L.A., and Angel kind of brings him in as, like, the muscle. And then they go and they find the greatest character, Lorne, the host of a demon karaoke bar where there's no violence allowed. He has a magic spell put on it. And the, um, the gimmick is that if you sing... He can read your future because when, or not your future, but he can read your aura and he can put you on your path and see where, you know, what's going to happen. Because when you sing, you bear your soul and he can read that. And he was played by, oh, Andy, fuck. What
1: was the character? Lorne. Lorne.
0: Yeah. Andy something. He unfortunately passed away, um, after the show had been done. Andy Hallett. Andy Hallett, bless you. I loved him. He was so flamboyant and so fun. And again, they kept putting these characters who were so bright and so, like, just fun and interesting to be this contrast so that Angel could still be kind of dark and broody. Like, he wasn't goofy. He wasn't, like, it wasn't a comedy. He still had all of his broods, but, um, but he... He got to have these fun little side characters who really brought out the best in him. And Lauren was one of them. And then they acquired Winifred Burkle, who goes by Fred, played by Amy Acker, who is just sweetness and light. She's a physicist. She's brilliant. She's weird as fuck. A bunch of stuff happens to her. I won't get into it, but she goes crazy and they rescue her and then she's okay and she loves tacos and she talks a lot, and she's from Texas, and just like the cutest little thing in the world, and brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. She's a brilliant physicist. So that's their little angel investigations family, and I love them. And they operated out of this huge antique hotel for a couple years, and then I won't get into how the series ended because. They had that fifth season fatigue. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing, I think. Um, but anyway, it was fun. It was fun. It was... I had a lot more uh, emotional reaction to some of the things that happened on Angel than I did on Buffy, with the exception of Joyce Summers' untimely passing. I will not get into it. We do not speak of it, but I will never cry harder than I did the first time I watched. Or, I'm sorry, the first time. any time I watched the episode, The Body. But Angel was darker in a lot of ways and it was a lot more kind of grown up, I guess. Not that Buffy, because Buffy was, you know, not in high school anymore, but like she was in college and there were a lot of like college problems. And then she was out of college, but she was still very young. And even though Cordy was the same age, she was hanging out with all of these adults and they never really brought up the fact that she was only 20 or 21. So it was a lot more grown up and a lot of... More grown up things happened, but um, in the Joss Whedon style of things, the first season is where we're going to talk about the fic for this week. But the first season is where he does a lot of the things that he used to do, um, where like he'd take a traditional problem and put a paranormal spin on it. For instance, when Cordelia has that terrible apartment, the you know the the situation is you have a shitty first apartment, you want something better, you go looking for it. When you find it, it's not what it's supposed to be. But, like we've all been there. However, uh, Cordy's is super haunted, and she has a poltergeist, and it tries to kill her. And at one point, uh, the word "die" appears in blood on the wall, and uh, Angel's trying to like force her out, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, maybe he's like, it's saying "die," Cordy, you have to leave, and she's like, maybe it's not finished. Maybe it's saying "diet." It. <laughs> She's like that's that's friendly, a little judgmental, but a little, but much more friendly. And she uh, refuses to give up her apartment, so she battles the poltergeist. Everything's cool, but there's like an episode about you know trying to meet somebody at a bar, and it turns out that the there's a you know demon that's hopping body to body and murdering people. And you know, like dating's hard enough, but in L.A. you have to worry about this stuff too. I assume I've never been to I've never been dating in L.A. <laughs> Jer. I wasn't very good at it.
1: (laughs) Full disclosure.
0: Um, So clearly he came through unscathed by the demons that apparently Joss Whedon wants you to believe are uh, roaming the streets of L.A. I mean, I don't have any
1: evidence to the contrary. So that's all I'm saying.
0: So a lot of fun like one-off episodes in the first season. And I, I think I'm in the minority here of most people, but when it comes to series that got to kind of fill out and grow into themselves after, you know, four or five years, I, I really love, usually the first season of anything is always my favorite. Like I yeah, really, I'd probably say the same for a lot of shows. I really love like monster of the week problems before it starts all getting like, you build on it on yourself. like A you, three season arc, two season arc. Yeah. Seasons I mean, it's like that shit's great, but it's also exhausting. And it's really nice when you go back to a show and you're like, oh, remember when they just bought a different monster every week? That's great. You know, before everything started having deeper meaning and there was, you know, like I said, big arcs are wonderful. But that's never what I actually want. Especially once I see a whole show to its completion. Then I really want to go back and feel nostalgic for the first season. And the first season of Angel is wonderful, as I said. Now, before I get into my fic, um, I do want to preface this with, I know, fandom, I know, that Joss Whedon is not our favorite guy anymore. Because um, it turns out he's not a very good person. However, he did create the Buffyverse. And for that, I am grateful to him. (laughs) So I just want to say before I get any like anti-Jaws hate, I don't think he's a good guy, but I think his show Angel and Buffy the Vampire Slayer were pretty fucking great. And I know a lot of people feel that way. So I'm just saying it is possible to appreciate someone's art without celebrating who it turns out they become. Not for everybody like the Cosby show ruined forever whole bunch of things can't ever enjoy again but Joss Whedon's work is not one of them. I still love Cabin in the Woods uh, I still love the first Avengers we've talked about Age of Ultron see that's when he was he was on the downward swing of like down into to Joss and up the world but when he was doing Angel and Buffy, he was on his game. So there, I said it. <laughs> Just get that out of the way right now. So my fic this week. Now, it is an issue that I ran into because I read a lot of Angel fanfiction when I was in high school. And I wrote some too. And you can find that it's not... It's not easy to find, but if you know where to look, I haven't bothered taking it down, so you can read it. I, I haven't read it since 2003 when I published it, but if you want to, you can totally check it out. I have no idea what could be waiting for you there. I mean, I know what the stories are, but you know what I mean. So I read a lot. Now, my ship... My OTP of the Angel fandom was Angel and Cordy. And I know they weren't everybody's favorite. They were like torches and pitchforks because everybody thought that torches. Yeah. Okay. said that right. Um, that everybody thought that Angel should just be obsessed and in, in love and mourning and mooning over Buffy forever while she was off. Guys, she moved on and we know that. And I will not get into that here. It's not the time or place. Save it for the Buffy episode. But so it's like, Angel wasn't allowed to move on? Fuck that. No. And uh, Cordy was a perfect match for him because, as I stated earlier, she made him calm the fuck down and made him laugh and they were a great team and he really came to respect her because she wasn't just like the shallow girl that he remembered from you know being in Buffy's orbit and she had a lot of stuff that she had to deal with and she became this like really great warrior and champion and they use that word a lot from season three on and anyway so I shipped Angel and Cordy pretty much from the beginning From the time there was like even a hint that that might go that way, I was like, yeah, I'm here for it. And it took a minute. Actually, they know. Spoiler alert. They never actually got together because fuck you, Joss Whedon. Got like four little hints that it might happen. And then he was like, let me just blow up all of your happiness, Emily. And uh, and since I can remember every single line to every single episode of every single season, I know exactly when those four moments were and they were Perfect. But that's all we got we got we got one beautiful moment at the end and and five years before the leading up to it of eh, almost <laughs> not quite but I shipped them hard loved them loved Charisma Carpenter and David Boreanaz's friendship um I love the fact that when it was time for Cor- for Charisma Carpenter to leave the show uh David Boreanaz apparently cried like a baby man and was so sad to see her go because they were really good friends and had a great time together. And you can just see it in the the their chemistry. They were wonderful. They were so much fun to watch. And so I shipped Angel and Cordy, like I keep saying. And it's not a popular ship. There's some, I guess, there's a decent amount. I mean, it's like the, of the Angel series, it's sadly it's still like third fiddle to Buffy and Angel and Darla and Angel. Fuck that noise. I don't have time to get into that shit. That fucking shit show. Sorry, Julie Benz. <laughs> Love you. Hate, hate, hate the character of Darla. Hated everything about her. Every time she was on screen, I cringed. I hated it. I wished it was done, but I did watch it. and You did a great job. So, good on ya. And so this fic I found... Um, I had to dig, I had to dig real, real far because people pretty much stopped writing angel fan fiction. Like the second the series ended, sad, break my heart, but we all just were like, yeah, okay, I guess we're done with that. Um, so this is story was published in 2003. Uh, if we set the scene, I was a sophomore in high school, my brother was graduating from high school. So, yeah, I was a sophomore. I had a terrible shag cut. I wore velour jumpsuits frequently.
1: <laughs> Photos are, <laughs> it didn't happen.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll find them. I know. You got some winners. Uh, I really love to be a velour jumpsuit. I had four different colors. I mean, I think
1: we're talking episode cover. I,
0: I mean, I'll find it, I'll find it or bust. <laughs>
1: All right, it's not your job. So
0: so, that's what I'm doing this afternoon, fandom. Uh, So I wore a lot of allure jumpsuits. I I believe I lusted after boys who did not know that I existed. Classic, fairly classic Emily. And I watched a lot of Angel. So also, I need to just step back for one second before I really do get into this Um. So I feel like... People judge people who watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer and who love it as like there's a certain group of fangirls and I think that's bullshit because it is a lot of wonderful things but I do recall one time I was in a show um, I won't get into details I won't triangulate but I was in a show that I met you in sir hmm? and there was a person who was struggling with an Irish accent very much so that he didn't know what to do about his irish accent which was shit and he was like i don't even know like where can i i was like well you just have to listen and i guess i'm a bad accent coach because i can do a lot and i'm like well you just have to listen to it and then you just have to you know do that
1: (laughs) that's for someone who hasn't done it before, maybe maybe not that helpful.
0: Not that helpful. However, he was like, I was like, just, you know, listen, you have to listen to it. Really, like, get it inside your mouth, and then it'll, it'll make a lot more sense. Um, and he was like, well, I don't even know, like, where would I start to listen to an Irish accent? And the only thing I could think about, I was like, well, if you have ever, I said, did you ever watch Buffy or Angel? And he gave me this look. This is a professional nerd, by the way. I'm just going to put that out there. He gave me this look like he, like I was scum beneath his feet. And he was like, no, but I suddenly know exactly what your teenage years look like. (laughs) And I would like to take this opportunity to say, fuck you, dude. My teenage years were heartbreaking and awful. And I had Buffy and Angel to see me through them. And there, I said it. And I'm glad that you didn't get any help with your Irish accent from Doyle or angels flashbacks because there you could have you could have had a wealth of knowledge and a great irish accent and you didn't so i'm over it now but at the time
1: are you are you really over it
0: at the time it really really pissed me off ground my gears you sound super over it (laughs) I actually just remembered that this happened, like, this morning. I was like, you know what? I will take the time to non, to roundabout call that person out and say, fuck you on my podcast because there was nothing wrong with liking Buffy or Angel. And I'm here to say that. Damn it. God damn it. So we're in 2003. And I read one story from this author. Her name is Rihanna. Not, I assume, the... Uh, hip hop slash pop sensation. But uh, it's spelled differently. So that's the only reason I think that it's not her. Uh, she wrote a whole bunch of stuff. And what she really was really good with was the, uh, was kind of an AU take on the first season. So like what could have happened, um, you know, had things gone a different way. For instance, one of the stories that I remember reading from her and being like, wow, this is amazing, was, uh I'll put a link to it. I forget the name of it. But um, it was about Cordy having gone to L.A. and ending up as a prostitute or, sorry, as a sex worker. And um, the relationship that she forms with Angel, Regard like, in spite of that or because of that or whatever. And it was really well done. It was very gritty and it was like, hard to read, but it was a... I don't want to say like a logical conclusion that could have happened, but it was a possibility that could have happened. I mean, in the in the vast universe of alternatives and possibilities, I guess anybody could at some point turn to sex work for whatever reason. But so that's what Cordy did in this fic. And uh, it was really, like I said, it was really great. It was really like, just kind of ripped your heart out a little bit. And I wasn't, I'll, I'll put a link, but it's not my fic of the week. I love this fic. I think you should probably read it, but it was kind of a downer, even though it was beautiful. And I think we find that so often in, in fic and in, in things that we enjoy in the media in general. But the fic we read from this author, Rihanna, this week was called Bound. And uh, the summary is, Doyle's last vision brings Angel and Cordelia closer in unexpected ways. So this is after Doyle dies. Now, a thing I don't think I mentioned about Doyle being a demon is that he received visions and messages from what they called the powers that be. And he, um, they would be like horrible screaming headaches that, uh, he would get like flashes of things. They were never really coherent. Um, And he never like he would bring them to Angel, and then they would try to figure out what they meant. And that's that's how they got their monster of the week every week was Doyle got a vision. Um, Also, when Doyle died, not in this fic, but when Doyle died, he passed his visions on to Cordelia, and her first vision is fucking amazing (laughs) because she's at an audition, she has a horrifying headache, and she sees things, and when she's trying to tell Angel about it. He's like, what was it? And she's like, oh, it was a national commercial. It was for uh, laundry detergent. And he's like, the vision, Cordelia. What was the vision? And she's like, oh, pfft, I don't know. Who cares? It was a thing. And he was like, a thing. And she's like, a big, gray, globby thing. And he was like, she's like, what does it matter? And he goes, because it could be a big, gray, globby, evil thing that I have to fight. So um, that's Cordy's first vision. They, get, they don't get better for her, but she gets better at dealing with them and interpreting them than she did that first time so uh, so Doyle's last vision is what we focus on in this fic um, they're cleaning out his apartment and they're sad because it's the day after he died or like two days after he died and of course it's sad because he was their friend and he was also a big kind of mystery to them like they were, they were still figuring out who he was and what he was like and um As they were going through his stuff, they found a lottery ticket um, for that week. And I was thinking, like, oh, maybe Doyle left them a winning lottery ticket. And that's what this fic is about. No, it's not. That's not what this fic is about. But on the back of the lottery ticket, he'd written, he'd scrawled a bunch of things. And they were like, oh, this, which meant he had a vision. And he just wrote down what he could remember. And he would have taken it to Angel, except the thing that happened when he died happened. And so he didn't have a chance to. So I thought it was a cool setup. I thought it was a good setup. They go, um, well, Angel's like dark and broody. I'm not going to let anybody else die because of me. Blah, 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 blah. And Cordy's like, uh, fuck straight off, dude. I'm here. Get over it. And he tries to send her away. And then she tags along with him to f- investigate this, uh, this mission, this vision. They end up on a boat. There's some weird stuff going on. There's a party on a yacht that they sneak into because that's what they do best. And they uh, they end up getting, like, knocked unconscious, basically, with some things like a sonic boom. Like, that's how it's described. And they don't know what's going on. And then they have another fight, and they get... Cordy goes home, and she storms off, and then Angel feels bad, so he follows her to make sure she was safe. And then I was reading this, and I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" And I thought, like, did is she actually not as good of a writer as I thought she was when I was sixteen? This happens, by the way. Um, and I was like, this doesn't like this doesn't make any sense because out of nowhere they just start like making out. Like, can't get enough of each other making out. And I was like, wait a minute. This is not what the entire fuck. Well, it turns out the sonic boom thing was a uh, a blast from a siren uh, who was trying to control his or her partner into, you know, doing nefarious deeds and and stealing money and killing people and whatever. Uh, But Angel and Cordy got hit with this blast and then um, they were like under a love spell, basically, and it was, it was a plausible. I mean, they wouldn't have done this in the first season, but had Joss, you know, wanted things to get a little frisky without actually getting frisky, I think it was a very plausible thing that could have happened. And I thought it was a really fun fic. Um, I mean, obviously, it's fanfic, so there's a lot more touchy-feely feelings throughout the whole thing that they would have gotten into on a show. But it felt like, like I said, it felt like it could have been an episode. And I love fix that do that. I think it's super fun. The, uh, but so it, it it ends um, without, uh, without really, without any drama. It ends pretty well. And it actually sets up for what it could have been, what, you know, could have been, Right, going into the next right next episode, so it's like it. Maybe you could watch it between like, uh, the fuck is it, Hero, and you could watch Hero, be sad, read this thick bound, and then watch Parting Gifts. And I think you'd probably get it. It would probably be just just fine. Also, notice I did not have to look at my phone at all to remember the names of those episodes. I
1: wasn't going to bring it up, (laughs) but it didn't go unnoticed. sometimes this is something (laughs) we've talked about um sometimes like i I sit here and think like wow she's really prepared i mean she must just be reading this off a sheet and i look over and she hasn't she has no notes It's not that she doesn't prepare. She does prepare quite a bit. Not like too much. I wouldn't say too much. But in case you're wondering, this is entirely off the cuff just, all the time.
0: It's just what's in my brain, guys. It's
1: it's just it. It's like a fountain.
0: Just turn the tap and, on.
1: Oh, there's no turning it on. Like it's just start recording. It's like uh, there's a river over there. Just go dip a little Dixie cup in it and. There's an episode. Or
0: an episode.
1: <laughs> so, so if you're worried that, you know, there might not be enough material coming oh, God. dear your listeners.
0: Guys, don't worry. I,
1: I think she's got you covered.
0: There's I, so much up here.
1: I'm, I'm not concerned <laughs> <laughs> about that.
0: So, ah, uh, that I, said. That said, I do have one, one piece of uh, personal critique. And this is, again, this is a personal thing. And not... Something I actually find very often in Fix anymore. Again, this was written in 2003. So perhaps that was a trend that I don't remember. But it is written in first person from Angel's point of view. First person is real hard. <laughs> I don't love it. Uh, I feel like it is a testament to how much I enjoyed this fic that I finished it. And then I didn't see the word I and just be like, nope, back right the fuck out. Uh, Yeah, first person is a risk. It's a bold choice. So I commend you, Rihanna, for making it and um, not making it painful and awful to read. However, dear listeners in Shipper City, if you are considering writing fanfic uh, and wondering what point of view to put it in, I have to say I... Strongly advise that you do third person. You can do limited or omniscient; it doesn't matter. But the third person point of view is uh, is preferable. We've talked about the second person point of view. You use that at your own goddamn discretion. But first person is kind of kind of taboo in the uh, in the fanfic world, and I'm not really sure why, because I don't mind first person narrative in other fics like literature. Um, but for some reason fanfic, I'm like, you're not inside that character's brain, even though you could write amazing like thoughts for them and action and only like third person limit it and be like inside their skin and I'd be like, Just yes, this is amazing. But for some reason if you like claim that it's you doing this shit, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It's not you. <laughs> I apparently have a really difficult time distinguishing between written word and an actual claim. Apparently, uh, when it comes to my fanfic, but that's a thing. That's a thing that I'm about, and I'm not about first person. But I am about this fic, and I'm about this writer. I think you should check her out. She is uh, super great. She does not write anymore. For well, she doesn't write anymore. <laughs> I was gonna say for Angel, but I think she just doesn't write anymore. I was. I did have a little bit of a hard time emotionally when I went back through looking for like what the fuck did I read when I was 16. There were a lot of things that I had favorited on another fan fiction website that we don't need to talk about, and I I had to um I had to make peace with the fact that a lot of people were writing things like here's all my work I don't write fan fiction anymore blah and there was kind of like this dismissive vibe like. It's, you know, a thing that they did when they were kids. i like, I get that a lot of people, it is a thing that they did when they were kids or they were in high school or college or whatever. Um, But it's also, you know, a thing that I have never not done in my entire life. I think the longest break I ever took writing fanfic was like, I don't know, a year and a half or whatever when I was depressed and 20 years old. Um, But then I found CSI Miami, and that shit came right back. Let me tell you what.
1: like riding a bike.
0: (laughs) You do not forget how to ride fanfic. And you shouldn't. And if it's something you enjoy, you should not feel like you should give it up or that you should be ashamed of it. That's why we're here. We're doing this podcast. We are uh, making 15-year-old Emily super proud, uh, despite her being very... Disappointed that I am not still rocking that gold velour jumpsuit <sighs> Or that shag haircut. no she'd be fine with this without the shag haircut because she even hated it
1: I think we've found a cover photo <laughs> Or you need to find one.
0: I will I'll find it. I don't know where but I'll find it The Dark recesses of the internet. It's a shame myspace doesn't exist anymore Like I can't get to my myspace yeah. because I'm sure there were pictures were quality velour jumpsuit pictures on myspace but anyway um so while i search for a velour jumpsuit for halloween this year if anybody has a has a link to one that they could find oh that
1: would make a great halloween costume (laughs) going as yourself (laughs) my 15
0: year old self it'd be great too i just listen to a lot of dashboard confessional and uh
1: get all sad
0: get super sad (laughs) (laughs)
1: Just want to feel something. <laughs> just
0: I just sit like, you know, kind of backstage at a theater waiting to go on and say my two lines. It'd just be so sad because the boy I loved was obviously in the starring role <laughs> and he didn't know who I was. There's a song called, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's by Josie and the Pussycats and it was the, <laughs> the soundtrack of my sad sophomore year. It was such a sad love song. I want to find it and put a link to it in the show notes. I don't remember what it's called, but I remember all the words. And while I look for that, we're going to get out of here. We're going to eat some bread. Uh, we're going to probably watch some Angel because I guess I have a lot more to talk about than I realize. <laughs> I started this by saying I think it's gonna be a quick fifteen, twenty minute episode, and a little longer than that. We're sitting closer to forty five minutes to an hour. So uh, we might need to do a volumes two through five because I only talked about season one, and who knew I had so much.
1: So stay tuned for stay more t- Angel verse.
0: <laughs> and we didn't touch Buffy. We'll get to her.
1: Oh, we'll get there.
0: Oh, we'll get there.
1: I got stories.
0: That's a promise, Shipper City. <laughs> It's a fucking promise, right? You hold us to it. In the meantime, you help the helpless. Have a great week. And get your ship together.